If you guys have a Bible, you can turn to Matthew chapter 16. So we've been in Matthew this entire year. We've been in uh, the Sermon on the Mount since about May. And we are now in still in the Sermon on the Mount, but in the Lord's Prayer section on that. And so will you guys pray with me the Lord's Prayer? And it's printed in your, uh, your song sheet if you need it. But will you guys pray this with me? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And we are in verse 13 today, which says this, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And today we're talking about a very important part of the Lord's prayers. They're all very important parts. But when we give our lives to Jesus, and we say, we're going to follow you, we don't want to do this just for a little bit, right? We want to follow Jesus for our entire life. And I would say it this way, we want to endure with him. We don't want to just have it be a one-time experience, but we want to walk every step with Jesus. We want to keep walking with Him. We want Him to be with us. And um, But as we walk, there are some things that we need or that we want from Jesus, right? So give us this day, our daily bread. We can ask, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And so we need Jesus for this, right? Not only to give us our daily bread, but to forgive us for our sins and to help us forgive others. Sometimes that's a harder task than others. And we need the wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit to keep us on the path that Jesus has for us and uh, so that we may follow our Father who art in heaven, right? And as we talk about temptation today, we get to realize that we all have different temptations. We, have, we all have them. Some of them might not be similar to the ones I struggle with, and you guys may have ones that are different than me. There will be times when we experience temptations to deeper levels, right? Maybe different moments or different like points where we get into those things. And so when we pray, lead us not into temptation, what is it that you are praying for? As you actually start to, we, we take this very slowly and we go, lead us not in temptation. Instead of just praying the Lord's Prayer as something that's just wrote and something that we're used to as Christians, what is it that you are praying for? It might be different for each and every one of us. So I would ask this, what are your temptations? What are those areas that you're tempted? And a temptation is an enticement or an attempt to steer you in the wrong direction. right? It's an attempt to make you do something wrong, make you... Uh, an attempt to take you off course is we're going to be talking about shepherding today. And we're going to talk about uh, the path that Jesus has for us. Like the temptation is to take us off course, maybe little by little, but ultimately the goal is to take us off course permanently so that we're not walking with Jesus. And so since we all have different temptations to different degrees, what are yours? Let us take a moment before we carry on, allow the Holy Spirit to illuminate for us the areas where we are tempted to stray away from Jesus and that he is trying to teach us. So Holy Spirit, as we take a moment of silence, I pray that you will just reveal to us an area where we are tempted.
And if God is still speaking to you on that, please carry on with that. I'll carry on with the sermon, but you can carry on in those conversations with God. But since um, we can know this, God doesn't want evil for us. Amen. God doesn't want evil for us. He wants good. And in this, as we're praying this, as we're praying against temptation, against evil and the evil one, and against um, uh, the good that God, or, or we're praying for the good that God wants us and, and none of the bad that the devil would have for us. The enemy of God wants to destroy us, but the will of God is that we will never fall away, that we will stay on the path from now until eternity, that we are never led away from God's goodness and his grace for us. It is Satan and his demons and our own sinful nature that tempt us to sin, isn't it? And so the ultimate goal is that uh, in these temptations is that we won't walk with Jesus that we won't have faith in him, that we won't have trust in him, either in a moment or a situation or especially for long term. And if we refer to walking with Jesus as the straight and narrow path, the enemies of God are constantly making an attempt to take us off this path and lead us astray. Satan and his hordes will use anything in their power to try and lead us away from the grace and the mercy of God at all times. They will try and keep us in darkness. They will try... They will teach us how to fear. They will teach us how to worry. They will, uh, they will try to fan the flames of doubt and, and sin to consume us so that we no longer even see the light that God has for us. And on the other hand, when we are honest, we also know that sometimes God tests us. Sometimes God is testing us from time to time. This is different than temptation. The truth is in Matthew, as we've gone through Matthew, we've already seen Temptation from Satan when um, before in the tempting of Jesus in the desert. He leads Jesus, or Jesus is out in the desert fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. Satan shows up. And what does Satan want to do? Jesus tells us that the, the enemy has come to steal, to kill, and destroy. That's what he wanted to do with Jesus. He wanted to destroy the mission that God had intended for Jesus. And yet, even in this temptation of Jesus in the desert, God used it in Jesus' life to strengthen Jesus for the task at hand. What the enemy meant for evil, God used for good. This is a common theme in our Christian walk. God was not the one who led Jesus into these temptations, but God's grace was on Jesus so that Jesus kept walking with God the entire time. Jesus was attested, was tested, and in a way, God allowed this, but he didn't lead Jesus into it. Jesus had to walk through this uh, this time, for this time, and God was with him the entire time, just as he is with us. But God meant it for good and the strengthening of Jesus, where Satan, again, wants to come to kill, to steal, and destroy. Lead Jesus away from God, even at the promise of things that are great or good, or things that maybe is like, remember he said, I'll give you the entire world, which is a good thing. And, but Jesus knew that that's not the way that it was going to happen and so what meant, Satan meant to take Jesus away only served to strengthen him. And Jesus relied on grace, God's grace for him, and we need to do the same in our moments. We don't know what would have happened if Jesus had uh, given in to temptation because he didn't, right? He never did, praise, praise God for that. But we have a picture in Scripture of different folks who have. Actually, quite repeatedly, but famously, we have David and Bathsheba, where David... David took another man's wife. He saw her. He lusted after her. And then he took, um, he took that man and said, hey, go to your wife. But then he put him to death, 
ultimately put him on the front lines, told everybody to pull back. And David put Uriah, Bathsheba's husband, to death so that he can steal this man's wife and have him for his own. When he already had a whole bunch of wives. It wasn't that he needed to do it. But this is one of the best pictures that we have of someone giving in to temptation. The destruction that was caused there and all that was, all that was done. And we can see, though, that this story that of David and Bathsheba, it ends in repentance in Psalm 51. We sang a part of that today. Create in me a clean heart, O God. David was crying out to God for mercy, for forgiveness, to be cleansed from all the uncleanness that he had participated in. And there's a lot in, uh, in the story of David that sin destroyed. Uriah, for one, right? Bath, uh, Bathsheba's husband. The child that was conceived out of David's, uh, David's just, uh, I don't know how to say it without uh, saying it another way, but you know what I mean. Uh, the child that was conceived died. The trust that was broken between David and the relationships that were fractured in the castle with Nathan the prophet, with the, uh, with the army commander and all that, we can see in this story of David that sin kills, it destroys, and it steals not only joy from us, but so much more. However, we also see that Satan, what Satan used to try and take David out, God, who is rich in mercy, used to show us the great power of his grace and forgiveness over us. David teaches us that from that time forth, from the time he wrote Psalm 51 on, and forevermore we will be reminded of the power of what God can do and what Jesus did for us on the cross. David was made clean. His sin was blotted out. In exchange, God forgave David. David's heart was dirty and messed up. And God did what? Cleansed him. Gave him a pure heart. And so he created a new heart and renewed a right spirit within David. The Holy Spirit was not taken from him, but restored uh, David to the path that God had for him. His pride, David's pride, was replaced by humility yet again in the story of David. Psalm 51, 17 says, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Oh God, you will not despise. And this is a beautiful thing because when we realize that we fall into temptation, we get to walk in humility on this road as we follow Jesus. I, I pray that um, Jesus will not cause us or allow us to enter or walk in evil or any of its ways, not for a moment or for an extended period of time. And when we pray this each and every week, we're reminded that God is restoring us. He is the only one to have the power to do it. And so when we get off the path, we can get back on by the power and the cleansing blood of Jesus that he shed for us on the cross, given freely for us to keep us from temptation, to be a part in answer to this prayer. We get to be humble before Jesus, knowing that we are tempted. And then even when we're tempted, we admit our weakness in that. And then we ask him for his strength. And just as we ask the Holy Spirit to show us where we are tempted, we can ask the Holy Spirit to keep us focused on Jesus and what he's done for us. It's a beautiful thing to keep us on the path that Jesus has for us. Jesus will rescue us from evil, from sin, from Satan, from demons, from darkness. He will deliver us into goodness and forgiveness, his own presence, the presence of the angels and the angel armies, and into his marvelous light. 
That's where he wants us to be. And when we give in to temptation, there is a darkness that comes over us. And that is why Jesus says that he is the light of the world. He wants to lead us out of temptation and out of the darkness and into his kingdom that is full of light. So in this simple prayer that Jesus is teaching us, it's twofold when, when it comes to temptation. One is that we don't give in, that we won't take, be taken off path. The other is that when we do give in, because we can admit it, we do, we're weak at times, we will be delivered. One of the humbling things about being a Christian And why I don't understand sometimes why we as Christians, like we found this beautiful truth, but it's so humbling because it's like uh, we can't live this thing perfectly. We mess up all the time and we need Jesus each and every day. We've seen in the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus says this, not to just not sin, but keep the law outwardly perfectly as well as in your hearts. And we have all sinned and fallen short of this, haven't we? Even in our outward actions, sometimes they're great and they're on point, but we do it uh, out of pride or we do it out of self-righteousness. We still have the inner temptations to deal with, even if we look good on the outside. And it's humbling because this task that Jesus lays before us to follow God and to walk in his perfection is, is seemingly impossible. We recognize that we have fallen. We recognize that we're broken. We recognize that we give into these temptations and we get to admit it. We get to admit that we're broken and that we need Jesus to help us, to fix us, and deliver us. Amen? Jesus, one of the things that Jesus uses a lot is the metaphor of sheep and the metaphor of shepherd. He does this all the time. And the people of Israel were shepherds. And so they, they were keepers of sheep. And this was a reality in the life and history of Israel. There was a whole bunch of stories in the Bible. If you start in Genesis and you carry it on through, there's a whole bunch of stories about shepherding in the Bible. Like if you don't know anything about being a shepherd, you can read the Bible and learn something at least, right? Like you can learn if it was, uh, it could be a, a good guide for shepherding. But Jesus is also referred to us as what? The good shepherd. The good shepherd, the good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep, in fact. And so a shepherd leads and protects and rescues their sheep. And Jesus does this for us. There are instances in the Bible where a sheep is gone missing and falls into a pit. The truth is that it is not the shepherd who led the sheep into the pit. The sheep is fully responsible for falling into the pit themselves, and yet there is no way for the sheep to get out of the pit that they are in. They're stuck in the pit without assist and without assistance. If they remain there, they will die in that pit. These, uh, and by the way, we are referred to as sheep. So humbling, so humbling. And that temptation that we fall into or others um, are our pits. We fall into them from time to time. Maybe they're set up by our own thoughts, our own actions, or they're set up by the enemies of God. Ultimately, they're set up by the enemies of God. But the good news is that Jesus not only helps us avoid many pits, he also rescues us when we fall in and can't rescue ourselves. Because in the pits that we fall in, we can't rescue ourselves. We need the grace that God has given in the life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus to get out of these pits. Point blank, we need to be rescued. We need it. You need to be rescued. I need to be rescued. We all need Jesus to rescue us. 
Later on in Matthew chapter 18, there's a story of lost sheep. I'm going to read it. It's Matthew 18, 10 through 14. See that you do not despise one of... This is, these are the words of Jesus. See that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I tell you that in heaven, their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. What do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them has gone astray... Does he not leave the 99 on the mountain and go in search of the one that went astray? And when he finds it, truly, I say to you, he rejoices over it more than the 99 that never went astray. So it is not the will of the Father. uh, So it is not the will of the Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. I love the global aspect of Jesus. I love that there's a hundred sheep that we can see that there's an entire flock. But when we read this, we also get to see that we're the one. He came after us. That Jesus leaves the 99 and he goes after you. This is a beautiful thing. He cares about the flock. He leaves them in safety and he reaches out to rescue you from the pit that you were in. When we pray the Lord's Prayer, we are praying that we can have trust in God. We can have trust in his will for our lives for the life of Jesus to be for us as well, uh, this perfect gift that he has. And for the Holy Spirit to lead us in the ways of Jesus, that we get to listen to the still small voice of God when he cries out, that he is leading us in this path full of light and life. The enemy, truly our enemy is really tricky. He spent eons perfecting the way to lead humanity off track, to keep us in the pits, to keep us away from the path that Jesus has for us. And we get to pray that Satan, sin, death, demons, and the devil will have no power over us. Amen? We get to say, I love this, is one of my favorite sayings of all time that I ever heard in church. Not today, Satan. Not today. You're not going to do this today because today I am following Jesus and I'm saying no to my temptations. So when we pray this we're saying not today not today satan and when we mess up as we are apt to do we get to be rescued as we call out and ask for jesus to rescue us so this is what i pray for us grace and mercy let us call out let us call out lord please lead us not into temptation and deliver us from all evil help us jesus and we need jesus amen We need Him to create in us a clean heart. We need for Him to lead us and guide us every step so that we don't fall off the path. We can't go out too far ahead of Him. We can't trail too far behind Him. When He says rest, we get to stay there. When He says go, we get to go. Some of us know folks who have once walked with Jesus, right? And Satan, in his wiles and his tricky ways, has put them in a pit and cause them to stay there. And they're wallowing in it. And Jesus, what does he do? He keeps calling out. He keeps searching. He keeps out on the rescue. And I pray that we may, um, I pray that for those who are in the pit, that they may hear the voice of Jesus and respond to the voice of Jesus, recognizing his goodness, and that they will call out to him and Jesus will come and grab them out of the pit. That they might not, they might, allow themselves to be rescued by the grace that Jesus offered. This is what God wants for us, for you and for me and for those that we pray about. We get to pray for ourselves, but this is also a reminder to pray for others as well. So our good, 
God and Father who is in heaven. He is holy and powerful to do the work that he has in heaven as it is or in on earth as it is in heaven. We can see and know that this good God and Father gives us our daily bread. Amen. He forgives us and he teaches us to forgive others as well. And then he doesn't lead us into temptation, even if we're tested, even if we're tried, even if we're struggling. But you know what he does? He delivers us from evil. So Lord, please do this for us. In Jesus' name, amen.